but this weather is making me think of fall coming. And I don't know about y'all, but you probably have kids or some of you do sports. <clears throat> My boys do wrestling. And wrestling starts late November, peewee wrestling. They're called the mini Vikings. Isn't that funny when you think of a Viking, they sound so vicious, and then you say they're minis, mini Vikings. <laughs> so they, they're, the, they're the Francis Howell, oh, excuse me, they're the junior Vikings, not minis. I'm going to get yelled at later for that. In any case, practice starts at the end of November. When you go to practice at Francis Howell, uh, there's this box especially for new kids. The first thing is they don't have wrestling shoes. And I don't know if you've ever done wrestling, and I don't know if April's here, but she does jujitsu. And if you don't take care of your feet, your feet will break, rip open, and get blisters. And, and so the first few weeks, the kids don't have wrestling shoes if it's their first season. So there's this box in the back. You only know about the box if you've been there before, or the coach tells you about the box. It's the shoe box. And you go back into this school closet at Francis Howe, and there is just a plethora of wrestling shoes that others have worn before you. And they probably stink nasty, and there's all kinds of sizes, but you have your pick. You need a pair of shoes for practice. You just go put them back there, says coach. But he says, don't keep them. It's the honor system. It's the honor system. It means you take them when you're done, you put them back. I trust you. I trust you. I honor you. You honor me. You need a singlet for the season? Okay, you borrow the singlets. If you don't know, that's the stretchy thing that wrestlers get made fun of, they wear, but it's actually very, very efficient to wear when you're wrestling with human beings. The singlet is the tight one piece they wear, the outfit, as some call it. We call it the uniform. The singlet, singlet's the same way. You borrow it for the season, and then you give it back. It's the honor system. It's based around honor. No one's gonna follow up with you and say, did you give the shoes back? Because there's so many, no one would know. It's based on honor. But every year we forget and the kids outgrow their shoes. So even though my boys are in multiple, they're in like the fourth and third and fourth seasons, we forget shoes that first practice because their feet have changed and then we have to borrow from the shoe box again. But why is honor so important in a world where it's so easy to not have honor, to not give honor, to not have anything to do with it, we can just shortcut our way around to and from hopscotching relationships, jumping the boundaries of sin, getting what we need, when we want, how we want it, even perhaps by just a few clicks on the internet or a few auto swipes from the text message. We can get what we need and not have anything to do with honor if we don't want to bother with it. But the respect I give others, whether they deserve it or not, regardless of how I see it or not, ultimately, ultimately results in the honor I'll receive back when my time is come to receive it. The honor system doesn't check up on you when no one is looking. It respects that you are fully able, able. oh, I wish some people were here today. You are fully able and you are fully capable and accountable according to the knowledge that has been set before you. Without hand-holding, without babysitting, it is entrusted in us to stand before God someday and give an account for our own actions. No one else will give an account for your actions. No one else will give an account for my actions. It's up to me to manage how I honor people and how I honor 
God. If we look at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, it says, children, obey your parents. It's just three verses. I forgot y'all don't have the screen. <laughs> so if y'all still carry Bibles or you can swipe it, swipe to your Bible version, whatever you guys do to read Bible on your own. Children, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise that this may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. I'm gonna slow it back real quick. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it, everybody say it, may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. It starts with our parents. The title of this message is The Honor System. And it starts with what we learned from our parents. And some of us don't have a good experience there. So we didn't learn honor perhaps the way some of us did. It's, it's different for everybody. But according to the word here, the honor I give is not if I feel like it, it's a commandment of the Lord. It's not about if they deserve it. It's about that I give it because he gave it. You with me? If it came from him, it belongs to him. And I do it out of honoring God in the end, even when I think you're wrong. I'll still honor you because you are God's people. The same as me. So we got, a, we got a lot of military in here, and I'm sure honor is a strong word in the military. Honor is everything. But when we think of honor, what do you think of? We think of probably respect. It's probably a big one that comes. But today, what I want to give you is a little more than just a word definition. I want to give you some characteristics of honor in your life and how you can say, am I, am I honoring in my life when I'm not at church and when I'm going day to day? Am I doing what, what, what the word just said is a commandment? That starts with my parents. And we're going to get to that. It starts with our parents because that's the first people we come across as babies. That's where we first learn things. And I know we got a mixed house and some of our parents weren't there for us. And some of us did not show us the right way to do life. But we still learn to honor our parents because Jesus is our earthly father. God is our earthly father. So we also honor our earthly father. We respect our creator. We respect our parents, even though they messed up. We still honor them because I'm not honoring it for them. I'm honoring them for God. I'm honoring them because God said to, period. Even when I don't want to. But the first characteristic of honor today, this is a big one. You might want to write it down in the tablet of your brain. to say honor listens. Honor listens. I don't know if y'all caught on, but the Bible is emphatic about the mouth. And if God can control your mouth, he can control your life. And if God can't control your mouth, guess what? He doesn't have control of your life. James Christ's brother says, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Listening matters. Listening doesn't mean you're not going to get your chance to say something. It's a, it means you're respecting who you're listening to first to hear and honor what they have to say. And our ability to listen to those who have been before us, like our parents, does matter. I can't tell you how many times I thought my parents were wrong and had no idea what I was going through, especially like as a teenager. And I look back and say, man, they knew more than me. They had been there. I should have listened. And maybe it's not your parents. Maybe it's just a mentor you had. Maybe it's just a good family friend you had. Maybe it was an uncle or an aunt or somebody and you thought at the time they didn't get it and then now you're their age and you go, man, I get it. 
I should have listened. Anybody ever been in that boat? It's just me. That man, if I could go back, I would have listened different certain situations. And there's some I still would disagree with to this day, but at least I would respect better and listen first. When I was a teenager, I was a smart mouth. I was always quick to fire off. If I could burn you first, I won. But I wasn't hearing what you were saying. So I was really a fool. I was adolescent. And it took me, it took me a life to understand that that is not wisdom. That's foolishness. The first to be firing off with their mouth is usually the one that has no control of what they're saying. Slow to speak, quick to listen, and honor connects to how we listen. Don't have to agree, but we should listen. Our ability to listen shows we are willing, really, to consider beyond ourselves. If there's no listening in anything you ever do, you really are saying, I never can get better because I've got it figured out even though you don't mean to say it that way, but if you're willing to listen, then the person knows you honor what they're saying and have, then you will have a mutual respect. Bonds will form. Honor forms great, long-lasting relationships because you're saying, I care about what you're saying. Even when I disagree, I care about you. I care about what you're saying. I can't separate your word from you. When I listen to your word, I'm communicating with you. Just like God and his word, you can't separate the two. So honor listens. And do I take heart the advice of those I'm listening to when it's good information like parents, honor thy father and their mother. First Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, how many know it? I put away foolish things. It's gone. I'm a man now. I don't do that. I put it away. If I'm still doing it, something's wrong. It's still a work in progress. It's not broke, but it's not fixed yet. We want to rid those adolescent ways and grow and put away childish things because now we've grown off the milk and we're eating meat now in the Lord. We're, saint, we're, we're going through sanctification in our walk with God. And when you lack honor, you lack respect. And if you lack respect, you'll ultimately receive back that which you give. Do unto others as you've had them do unto you. It's so true. If you want to receive it, you got to give it first, not second. That's the difference between a condition and an unconditional situation. The unconditional man or woman says, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm not expecting anything. And they're going to just be blessed abundantly because it was out of the goodness of their heart they did it to begin with. But when there's a strategy and there's a condition to why you bless someone and why you're honoring somebody, the devil knows, so does Simon the sorcerer knows. It can look similar, but it is different at root. The root is different. And so if you have a conditional approach with people, guess what? People will see that and you will start receiving conditional um, relationships back to you. You want to build good healthy roots with people and so when you honor them the right way they will honor you back even when they disagree with you how many are glad for that that's what forms good relationships some of the best relationships last a lifetime doesn't mean you agree on everything but you've bonded out of respect out of honor because it says that it may be well with you that this will be with you says the word the honor I give is a commandment of the Lord it's a commandment in obedience to the Lord. And there's all kinds of blessings on top of it. But at the, at the end of the day, when I don't want to give it and I want to slam them and I want to do that to them and I want to tell them what I think, 
at the end of the day, honor is a commandment of the Lord. Integrity is birthed through making the right choice. Guess what? When no one's looking. Oh, it's easy to look good when people are looking. But when no one's looking and no one's going to know except God who never takes his eyes off us, what will we do in those moments when no one is looking? Will we carry honor through when no one is looking? So I'm 40. Yeah, I am. I'm over the hill. That's what they say. I feel the same. I do feel like I get more tired. I don't know. I take like four naps a day. I'm just kidding. That's from having four kids. That's what that'll do to you. But when I was 30, I don't know. They say it was a midlife crisis. I I wanted to buy a motorcycle. And my dad had a bad wreck. He grew up riding motorcycles and had a bad wreck in his youth with my mom on the bike when they were young and and kids. And, And so the idea of a motorcycle in my family was always, no, no, heartbreaking. Now, if people have motorcycles, it's all good. But in my family, this was the paradigm, okay? So I said, I'm just not gonna tell them. I'm a man. I had ridden a dirt bike once. So that made me feel qualified to go get a street bike. It's a little different. Feels different. Dave, you know what it feels like. Anybody else? Who, who else has a motorcycle? Anybody? One? One, pe- two, two. Nick, you don't not have, you have a toy motorcycle is what you got. Nick raised his hand. <laughs> I like those kind of motorcycles. They're safer, Nick. Anyway, so I'm going to go buy a motorcycle. I turned 30. Something's going on. I guess I saw a gray hair. I don't know. I'm going to go to Craigslist. I'm going to buy a motorcycle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sow my oats in this motorcycle. So I wanted to get the bad boy, which was really just kind of an average bike I found out later. I got a Honda Shadow 750. Oh exactly. Thank you for the encouragement, friend. Listen. It could, have, it, could have been, it could have been worse, but it could have been better. And so I got the Honda Shadow 750, and it came with a sweet trailer. The thing was like brand new. It had never been ridden. I got it off Craigslist from a guy who didn't ride it anymore. And I got the bike, and as I'm getting the bike, I hear my dad talking to me in my head. Shouldn't have done that. Oh, I'm 30 now, Dad. What do you know? He's not here today, by the way. They'll be back next week. So, so I start to try to learn this thing, okay, in my driveway. And the first time I'm on it, I don't know. I think I got neutral and drive mixed up. I didn't know how to do a clutch because I learned on a four-wheeler. Just come on now. I can do a little bit. Just ask Nate on the farm. And, uh, and I, I, was, I, was, I came too slow, and I did one of these, and I moved, boom, right in the grass. Went down because the thing was heavy, and I didn't know that. So, okay, so I crashed in the grass. Michelle is inside going, dear God, I just pretend he's not here. Michelle knew about the bike. So then I had built this tool bench in my garage and a couple days later I pull in and I had done the ride, okay? And then I'm, or in Dave's world, it's, you know, it's, it's a little wimpy one. And I pull in and I, I'm all set, right? And I think, I think I'm hitting the brake and what I do, I hit the gas, boom! Right into, my, right into my tool thing, bust out the lights and everything. My brother comes over who's an avid rider and he just laughs his head off at me. And I'm thinking dollars and cents, okay? I'm thinking anger, he's thinking funny time, get a video. I don't know what he did. But when you're not used to riding, you know, when you go to grab the handle, the throttle's there. So you can grab both and actually hit the gas if you're in drive. And so I learned not to do that by crashing into my own garage wall, tool tool bench, and busting out the fog lights and the headlight and denting up the fender. And it was just a beautiful thing. But the moral of the story is, I never told my parents 
I never told my parents, and I thought, they don't know. What they don't know doesn't hurt them. Until one day, I knew all along, you're like, Pastor TMI. I knew all along when we had a baby, I was going to be scared to ride this thing because that baby was coming. So sure enough, Michelle ended up getting pregnant, and I said, okay, if I, should not, something, if I can't ride in my garage, I'm not, I'm not feeling safe to ride on the street, and if I leave that baby fatherless, that's going to be a bad thing. So I knew I had to sell that bike when I found out she was pregnant. You know, And you think being married would be enough, but the baby is what put me over the edge to be fully committed to selling this bike. But right before I'm selling it, I forgot I had it, okay? And my dad comes over to help me with something. I don't know, we were scooping some yards of dirt or something, building a retaining wall or something, and I accidentally forgot that the thing was in there. My dad's a man of few words when he's mad. You know, opposites attract. Y'all seen my mom. She's vocal. He's quiet. And so he sees the bike and he just, nothing. He was upset. He was upset because I disrespected what he said. And I almost crashed the thing. I didn't mention the time we were on over by, by uh, Quail Ridge Park and I caught the curb and it almost threw me off the thing because I was, you know, getting comfortable, Dave, and I thought I had it figured out until I caught the curb and I almost went swimming with the, the rock beds in the creek or whatever. So there's all these close calls that God was thankfully protecting me, but my dad was warning me from experience. And he was so disappointed, I think he was teared up, which I've only seen my dad cry maybe two, three times in my life. He was so disappointed, he had nothing to say. And so then I felt like a betrayer, like I betrayed my dad. And I said, I'm sorry, dad. You know, I just felt like it wasn't fair that you thought I shouldn't have one when I'm a man. Now I've got my own house. I got my own things. I want to make my own decisions. But in the end, he was protecting his son. And I got lucky. I only busted some lights out, but I was not experienced and I had no business being on a bike like that at that time, riding it the way I was. I was better at rollerblades. So I disrespected, I dishonored my father in the situation and paid the price for it. And what hurt the most was because I hurt him. Not because I wrecked the bike, not because I sold the bike which I made a good profit, by the way. You get good deals on Craigslist. You can flip them puppies, make a profit. If you're going to end up getting rid of something, make a profit in the end, you know? Come on, Matt, you know what I'm saying. If you're going to do it, make a profit. Anyway, I'm rambling. I disrespected my father because I dishonored my father. Honor is everything. And maybe your parents didn't give you good advice. Maybe they weren't even there for you. The Bible says honor them anyway. It says honor them whether you want to or not, it's not about them. It's about you, and we're going to get there. But honor listens. Giving honor is not about them. It's about you. And listening is a characteristic of someone who gives honor. The second thing honor does when it starts fervently rooting in your heart is it creates wisdom. Honor creates wisdom. Tell your neighbor, if they're, if they're 50 feet away, just point to them and say, honor creates wisdom. Honor creates wisdom. We start by listening. Now we're starting to learn something. So now we're gaining wisdom from being full of honor. You've heard the phrase, hindsight is 20-20. Now I know, looking back, but when you're in the moment, you don't know. You've grown in wisdom. 
I've seen the recourse now of what doing it my way in the past did, and you don't, you're not going to see me buy another motorcycle. Ever. I got, my, I got my thrill. I learned it wasn't for me. I'm wiser now. But when you're not wise, it's like overcooked barbecue. You know, when you first get married and you get your first grill and you throw the burgers on the thing, you think you just cook them and they're great. And then you wonder why your guests are choking because you dried them out so bad. It's like swallowing dirt and you know what's wrong. It's because you didn't have any wisdom in the cooking process. You got to get good 80-20 meat. You got to have some good fat in there. You got to not overcook. You don't want to squeeze the juice out. We're talking barbecue now. I know it's kind of weird. We went from motorcycle to barbecue, but I'm trying to paint the point that one day you're going to discover YouTube. And you're going to say, how do I grill a burger the right way? And then this man's going to come on with this really cool intro splash on his YouTube video about grilling. Who has the time to make these amazing animated intro splashes about cooking a burger on YouTube? But I guess people who have no jobs do. So the guy's, hey, this is Mike with so-and-so. And today I'm going to teach you how to cook an 80-20 burger on your Weber. After this ad, and then you wait for the ad to skip. Three seconds left, skip now, skip. Yes, I don't want to watch the ad. Anyway, that's when you grow in wisdom because now you've honored the process. You've given respect that there's a process to this. It's not just throwing it on the grill. It's not, just, it's not just coming to church. There's a process. It's not just looking the part. It's rooting the part in my heart and learning how to honor and respect what's going on around me to those because when I do it to them, I'm doing it to him. They say we become like our parents as we get older. And our experiences start reinforcing the advice we were given by our parents. I can't tell you how scary and true this is. That I'm now doing things to my children that my parents said to me, that my parents warned me, that the parents had to deal with me. I see it now. My experiences are reinforcing in hindsight. That's wisdom. You're growing in wisdom now that you see it first. If you can't see it, you can never walk it. You got to see it first. And now I see the mistakes and I see how to step around them differently because honoring the path, honoring the time of season, honoring those you're listening to creates wisdom in due time. We can't take back our mistakes, but we definitely can learn from them. It's called growth. It's growth. It's an opportunity for growth. I learned they were right often when I thought they didn't know anything about my situation. They did, though. I just was too unwise, disrespectful to listen to them. And that's when change happens, when God gets you to listen and you start rooting the sanctification in your heart. You start growing in your walk with God. You start seeing it different. And you will start seeing that the path you are on maybe isn't the path that God has put before you. Maybe they're different. Maybe they split. Maybe they've intertwined a few times and they've gone off the path. You've heard of going off the beaten path and coming back on. Maybe it's one of those paths. That's why it's important to remember where are we going and how are we getting there? As I grow in my wisdom through honoring others, honoring God's word, honoring church, honoring all these things, I will begin to see God in all things. Some of us feel like we don't see God ever. Well, maybe it's because we're not paying attention that he's in all things. He's surrounding us. 
He's surrounding us in the tiniest of situations. He's surrounding us in the quiet of situations. He's surrounding us in things we think he's not there, but we're distracted by the chaos. We'll start seeing him more in that he was already there. Just like that advice we gave, our parents gave, we'll realize they were right all along. Wisdom comes by doing something regardless of how you feel, but out of discipline. Honor is built by being disciplined. Regardless of feeling, that's how you grow in wisdom, that you do it the right way, the ethical way, the godly way, in and out, regardless of how it feels, regardless if they deserve it or not, I'm gonna do it the right way because honor is his and I will grow in wisdom because of it. Wisdom is a fruit of giving honor. But you gotta listen, then you're gonna grow. It gives you to recognize the problem before it happens. Not always. Anybody ever, they, they, what's called a puddle of mud. They stepped in the same mud, the same, they're always stepping in the same puddle of mud, like over and over, or maybe you know somebody, they're always in the same puddle of mud over and over. Obviously something is missing here, right? And it's always everybody else that caused you to step in the puddle of mud. At some point, they're going to go, look what I was doing. I was stepping in the puddle because of this. That's wisdom. That's growth. You're seeing it in a new light. You're gaining a new perspective. You're not looking at those church people all weird like you used to because you thought they were crazy because they got excited for Jesus and wanted to praise the Lord and be excited. You thought that's so weird, but we praise for a baseball game like it's nobody's thing. It's a perspective thing. We're going to praise the God of all creation in all situations. We're going to give honor to God in all situations. Come on, somebody. How many know it's a privilege to get to worship God in and outside of his house? Your perspective will change to those people. And then before you know it, you'll be singing and clapping and dancing in worship when before that was weird. And all of a sudden you're like, I kind of want to do it too. And I know some of you got like no rhythm and it's just like weird and stuff, but eventually people are going to love you anyway. Even though, you know, arrhythmic, it's okay. I tell people I became arrhythmic when I got married. I lost all sense of soul and rhythm when I got married. Otherwise I thought I was a cool dude until I got married. <laughs> then my wife let me know, uh-uh, that's not right. That's not right, trust me. <laughs> The last bit on honor I want to touch on this morning is we learn to listen to those even when we disagree. We start gaining in wisdom because of our openness to hear people and to respect people, but ultimately the reason why is because honor is his. Matthew 25, 40 says, and the king answered and said, surely I say to you, when you've done it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you're doing it too me. That's a, that's a metaphor for Christ. He is the king. When you hate on your brothers during the week and you slam them when no one's looking, you're dishonoring the king, he says. When you roll your eyes at them, you're rolling them at Jesus. That'll change how you feel when you go to do it next time. Oh, and then you think it's Jesus. Oh, okay. Honor is his. We're talking about wrestling my son's coach, it's Coach Drew. I don't wrestle, but he's coached to me. Why is he coached to me? Because I honor his position. I honor what he does for the kids. 
I see week in and week out what he does. And I don't know if I'm older than him. I don't know what kind of experience in life he has, but I know when he's in that wrestling room, he is coach and he gets all honor because he commands respect because you can see it in his actions with these children. He gives his life to it. So he's coached to me. And I want my boys to see that I respect him as coach too, because he's my coach, because I'm learning from this man, because he, he, he's full of honor to others and he gets it in return because he's not looking for it. He's coach. And I can't wait to see him in November. And we got some other great coaches on the team, but he's coach to me. He's not Drew, even though that's his name. He's coach Drew to me. And guess what? He's the one who offered up the shoebox the first time I met him. Isn't that funny? The one who, who I honor the most in that room is the one who gave us without condition in the beginning. He gave us the box. He said, hey, you help yourself. You know, we just ask you, put him back for the next kid. It's the honor system. See, his character matched his actions. It's the honor system. God wants someone today to hear this word and maybe even pass it along to somebody. He wants to hear this spiritual word with your spiritual ears, to be listening with your spiritual ears, that the way I treat others is a reflection of how you're treating God. That's what the fancy scripture I quoted really means, is that when I do it to you, I'm doing it to God. If I hate on you, I'm hating on God. The king says, when you've done it to them, you're doing it to me. So this week, when it feels tempting, remember, I'm doing it to God. It's scripture. I'm not making this up. It's Matthew 25, 40 and several other places. Jesus knows your situation and disrespecting them doesn't help anything. It just makes it worse. He's actually been there all along. He's actually been there when you think he was absent. He doesn't need us to listen. We need our God though. Jesus, we're not doing God a favor by serving we need God. He's our creator. We need his love to sustain. We need his everlasting joy to root in us because he's the only breath of life that doesn't die. And without the breath of Christ in us, we will fall by the wayside like a withering tree. So he doesn't earn our respect. We just give him respect because he is to be honored. He's everything. He wants to guide your life, but it takes honoring a God who can do that. If you don't believe and respect who he is, he's not going to come change you with a lightning bolt. He wants you to listen first. Let's read his word. You want to hear him? Read his word. Communicate with him. Pray and watch God move. You got you to absorb the elements of God to see God manifest in your life. Pray. Read. He's not my coworker. He's the God of all creation. You know? It's, it's pretty powerful when you remember that, that he has no counselor. He is the alpha and the omega. He has no beginning and he has no end. He is everlasting, omnipotent, omnipresent. He can heal a man in Africa at the same time he can heal me right now if I had something wrong with me. He can do anything he wants at any time because he is everywhere at once. And he is not limited to our senses. He is spiritual. The honor I give is the commandment of the Lord. When you give honor, you'll become humble. When you become humble, your relationship will change with everyone you know. When you become humble. Because the respect's there. And when you see what others do, you will 
be grateful. And when you become grateful, it will humble you. It will keep you grounded in Christ, and it will change your interactions with people you thought had nothing to do with you. You want better? God says, obey my word. Make my word the foundation of your life's decision making. If y'all could stand as we close this morning. We've had a strange morning with the mechanics of church, people sick, technical. So we're not going to have closing worship this morning. I think it's maybe the first or second time ever. But I want to leave you with this. That this week, when you want to curse them in the car again because they did that to you on the road, remember brothers and sisters, when you've done it to them, you've done it to the king. When they annoy you again on the job or on social media and they say something stupid again, we say stupid here at church. We just, you know, we just mean it like it is. Like if they say something stupid, you know, people do that. If they say something stupid again, you don't need to roll your eyes. And if you do, remember you're rolling them. Jesus, even when you're the only one in the room, the Bible says when you do it to them, you've done it to me. When you're rolling your eyes at them, you're rolling them at me. Hmm. That stinks. That's a bad habit of mine. God desires to shape all your life and others that aren't here through you. We're vessels. God is the deliverer. We're vessels. One seed at a time. Read, that's to receive. Pray, communicate with him. And watch and see God move and root in your life. Let's pray and then we'll get out of here for today. We're so thankful. If y'all could bow your head and just lift one hand with me. No one's looking as we pray right now, God. We're so thankful we get the privilege to honor you wholeheartedly, to come and do this every week, to spend time together as one body, God. We're thankful that we get to worship you and sing about you, and we don't need anything, God, just our voices to anoint this situation and to bring your spirit into the house. You said where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst, so we know you are here with us right now God we are thankful and we pray this word roots in our heart that it's not a Sunday thing it's an everyday thing that this is a walk with you Lord it's not a moment God and we want to we want to paint a portrait of your love to the world through our life's actions God we want to be a vessel that shows the good light the good love and how good a good God you are and if the house of God could say in Jesus name everybody say amen